You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field. It is gone! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 122. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll look back at the weekend Indians games playing the Twins and the Yankees. We'll look at Jose Ramirez and his recent struggles. I guess his struggles went back the last season. Are they based on steroids? No. Well, what are they based on? We don't really know. We'll look ahead to the All-Star game and how the voting's going so far and the potential of Carlos Santana to be in the All-Star game and even the home run derby. And the book, The MVP Machine, by Ben Lindbergh and Travis Sawchick is out. I've read part of it. Merritt hasn't read it at all, but we'll talk about it anyway because it's out and there's there's a lot of Indian stuff in there. So we'll get to that. And of course, we'll answer your questions. Joining me for all that and more as another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? The only thing you should be reading is my articles. That's all you need. <laughs> only on letsgotribe.com, obviously. Never anywhere yeah, else. Whatever. Not allowed That's to fine. anywhere else. I mean, unless I get hired by someone else that pays me more. In which case, go there. <laughs> but until then, you're <laughs> but stuck until here. then, stay here. <laughs> so, man, can we just talk about Doom Eternal the whole time? Why do I have a Mulan song in my head now? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> the best part is his podcast theme too, so it's even I know. better. Which, wow, I'm very impressed by my podcast theme Mulan song, which nobody knows. I guess it is recorded, so I can't use yeah, it. Yeah, you but... can put it on the end. That's fine. We'll yeah, go ahead and stick around after the credits. That'll be yeah, there for you. Yeah. Like, um, Doom Eternal is going to be the best game of the year, <laughs> and there's no two ways about it. No game can come out before or after now and defeat that game because it is freneticism distilled, and it is guns going bang, and it is blood, and it is demons dying, and it is great. Anyway, that's my E3 review. I guess Cyberpunk is next year, right? So that won't be in. So and yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. I don't know when Death Stranding is coming out, so... Who cares? Those are never Game of the Year games. They're always just weird things. That Screw you. Like. Death Stranding is going to be the best game of the decade. <laughs> it looks... Okay. I don't I'm like Metal Gear Solid. I'm a huge Hideo though, Kojima so. fan, so... Uh, oh, yeah. So you don't like Metal Gear Solid that much, so... Uh, I might play it just because it looks futuristic and cool, but... And you can play as what's-his-name from uh, your favorite show, The Walking Dead. Oh, the show that's so good from beginning to end and never, ever gets bad? It yeah, that's never lagged. And, and Matt Lyons is on, <laughs> uh, is on record for saying it's the best show he's ever seen. Better even than... His other favorite show, which is Ballers, Animaniacs. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could edit different words I've said to say that, sure, but I don't know if, if the game Walking Dead. I was going to say Game of Thrones, but that kind of applies too. But no one anyway. likes that show now, Matt. Come on, everyone <laughs> it's hates done. that. Everybody's show forgot now. about it. The last two seasons, apparently, trash. So bang, pretty much. Yeah. So, do you happen to watch any baseball this week? Tons. Other than, uh... Yep. Avoided my wife. Didn't talk to anyone. Watched baseball for several days. It was great. Wonderful. I mean, it's weekend. the only way to do it. If there's any weekend to do it, it was this weekend. I mean, the Twins and Yankees back to back is not not a terrible series to watch, and especially when the Indians actually look good, which is not great. something I completely expected. Great. I can say great. Yeah. Yeah. That was they they bordered on sweeping the Yankees if it wasn't for one really stupid bunt decision, which we can talk about. But Ugh. um, but yeah, altogether four and two. They they. They won both series two to one. If you do that, you're going to have a lot of wins at the end of the season. So, um, and all this with Carlos Carrasco and his blood condition diagnosis to start the series. So, yeah, and that, that's that's pretty much where we are. They had their own little opener. They won that game, which is crazy. So, so any what's what's your first thought on on what we just watched over this past week and the Indians? I guess you could say they sort of passed the test heading into a pretty easy stretch of games. 
Well, the first is obviously they're going to go win one game up to the All-Star break from here on out because, you know, they play to their talent level or to their opponent's talent level apparently. That's what we're learning here. That's take number 1. A bad one? Yes, almost definitely. Take number 2. Now, would you say uh, I've been on a blame Tito streak lately? I you can get to point number 2 in a second, sorry. But is would you say it's on a manager kind of thing or if you're playing to your opponents that hard, because it is, I, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm almost positive they've been really bad against bad teams, and they only show up against good teams. Well, they had that trash garbage game against the uh, the White Sox a while back, which was probably, one would hope at least, the nadir of the entire season. I think that's when they at one point slipped below the White Sox in the standings, if uh, my memory serves, which it does sometimes. So, yes, one could say that. Um what is a manager's job in baseball? Unsure. We're a hundred and some odd years into the game. Still don't know what managers actually do besides fill out a lineup <laughs> card. Some seem to do nothing like Toy Lavulo, my favorite go-to random manager. Cause he manages the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Um, others are very active like Joe Madden. Uh, others are, I don't know how to pigeonhole Aaron Boone. Whatever Aaron Boone is. <laughs> Others Gabe... call for a bun when you're down by one in the bottom of the ninth. Some are very handsome, Chapman. like Gabe Kapler. Uh, and then, now we'll get to the punting. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in too. Others, yes. Frustratingly, sillily, sillily, whatever that, whatever. Matt, why is, why did the Indians trade for Jake Bowers? Give me, there's two reasons, obviously, right? There's two reasons why you trade for Jake Bowers. Uh, to bunt when you're down by one and no, one Matthew, run wouldn't no, win you the game? No? Not at all. No, what? no, no. Also, why would he even know how to bunt? He came from the organization that is more, one of the more forward-thinking and would never bunt ever if given the chance. Talking about, of course, the Rays. Do not look up the numbers of how many times they've bunted this year because I don't actually know them. I'm just assuming. Thank you. That's a fair uh, assumption. But yes, they, they traded for him to hit, not to bunt. In a also, because he's young. Also, he homered in that game. If I, yes, he does. Right, yes. A home run in that <laughs> that game. Everything about the situation off, gets worse the more you look at it. Off one of the better relievers in baseball, and Adam Adovino, no less. So, um, again, why is Jake Bowers there? Is it to bunt? Evidently, because that was stupid and it frustrated me a little bit. I mean, a little bit? Wasn't there, was his the really horrible bunt too that didn't go anywhere? It was a pop Oh, yeah. Out? It was a pop bunt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I looked at, I looked away from the TV and all of a sudden he was out. And I was like, what the fuck? I was very upset all of a sudden. And they still scored, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad for our case, but. No, it's good scored. for our case because they <laughs> right, scored yeah. despite idiocy. Despite reducing the run expectancy, they scored a run anyway, which to me means, of course, they would have scored more runs. Because he was. Well, anytime you say. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Anytime you say they, they lowered the run expectancy, people are going to get on you. It's it's that they lowered their chances to score more than one run, but they raised it to score one run. Oh, all Which right. is what bunting does with somebody on first and second. All right. You, you raise your chances fair. to score one, but now, when you're down by one in the ninth, you need more than one. And I'm with you. Now, the thing about baseball that I've learned over many years of watching is you need to have more runs than the other team after nine innings in order to win the game <laughs> in nine innings. Not the same number, because then it goes to extras. And when you're playing a team like, I don't know, let's pick a team. The New York Yankees, who have a <laughs> great bullpen, even if it's Stephen Tarpley. And also, they're a better team than you. You don't want to give them more shots to win. Um, I don't think the Indians are bad or good yet. They're incredibly mediocre. I think they're a game over 500 as we were recording this. 
But, you know, the old adage is you don't let bad teams hang around. Now, I'm not saying the, the Yankees let the Indians hang around, but they did hang around for a while. <laughs> and it was, again, a tie game. And I just, you know, I've read a couple of your Let's Blame Tito uh, articles <laughs> now. I think it's only been one so far. I don't know about know, a couple. I, I think I've heard you say these things also. Maybe <laughs> oh, that's yes. what it is. <laughs> that's but sometimes I wonder why there's not more rashness, you know? Not so much a lashing out, like some sort of scared, wounded animal, but, you know, taking huge chances more rather than trying to roll the dice on the safe on the safe choice. And Now, granted, I don't know what that would look like for Tito or the Indians, but just, again, bunting to move the runners in the ninth inning, especially when you're trying to bunt a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Let's not forget what he was trying to bunt. A hundred mile an hour fastball that's coming out of right field. So, I don't know. It's just... And you're down by one. And again, <laughs> you're down by one. So, yeah. But you know what the worst part is? Is to harp on one bad thing when really it was a fun weekend of baseball. Uh, from... yeah, even that game was a lot of fun. Like That, oh, was, yeah. a re- that was probably the best game of the weekend. If they would have won. That one was a lot of fun. I mean, it was tense back and forth. Uh, really, all, all weekend, great, great baseball. The Twins series was great baseball as well. And um, maybe think a little bit also, you know, the last couple of years we've complained about how boring the seasons have been. So this is what interesting baseball looks like, I guess. It just. Yeah, I guess. Is this the best week of. I it's got to be this the season. Be- maybe the last two in the regular this season. Is there. I mean, it, just a quick glance of the green and red bars on baseball reference. This is their second best stretch after the beginning of the season when they uh, swept Toronto and then. Oh, yeah, they beat Toronto in four games. Uh, well, they swept a four-game series with Toronto, excuse me. After that, yeah, this is definitely their best run of baseball this season. And all the games were close, and it was, they were against good teams, and the Indians played well in really all phases of the game. So I would call this probably the best, well, at least one of these games. I don't even care which one you want to call this, it was the best game of the season. I'd even hazard to say that uh, Sunday may have been the best game of the season so far in terms of actual entertainment value. Uh yeah, and all, and all that was Shane Bieber just looking like a turd out there. In a, in I know, the right? Like he, good. he lays an egg, and all of a sudden you're like, well, we're done here. He's our one good pitcher at this point. And no, not at all, actually. The bullpen was as advertised somehow, which, again, a thing we keep on forgetting about, but it's great. Bullpen great. So, Yeah, that, that Shane, like, Shane Bieber was first, and he struck out the side, and then he just exploded. And then, you know, you know and I'm working on a I'm working on a piece about that a little bit uh, for whatever day that would be. But just what because ha- he has amazing starts, right? Dazzling starts. He struck out. 15 you, you were a post about it already about what he does to opposing batters. So yeah, yeah, I exactly. So. And, and but you know, if, if if you look at just his his best game score uh, rating of the year so far is a 92. His worst is a 23. And his second, I mean, his second worst and his best came within days of each other. His second best and his and his worst came within days of each other. So it's interesting how he has these ebbs and flows. Now, obviously, you can look at the fact that his best games came against the Orioles and the Tigers and Seattle. And it's all about who you play a lot of times, but you can't choose who you play. It's just where the schedule lays. And his worst games were against Atlanta, New York, and Boston. So maybe it's just because he is not as good against good teams who knows good home run hitting teams maybe it's a yeah, it might still be a little early for that at least but, but that'll at be least said, to like, this point that's the that's yeah. what happened yeah it's just it's it's hard to wrap your head around when you see that i mean and granted the orioles are dreadful but still 15 strikeouts and a shutout Woo, baby like that's one of the best pitch games of the year just in terms of yeah. raw numbers so 
Yeah. And, and I felt like I felt like these games were were targeted to me specifically because like all the players I like so much did really well. Like Roberto Perez, he had three home runs. He home run in four straight games. One of those was the previous series. Um, he walked three times. Oscar Mercado hit two home runs with seven for seventeen. He looks like he's finally going to play every day. Um, and even Jordan Luplo, who I I don't know why he's being tried as a everyday player. I think he's a perfectly really good platoon bat. But well, who else? Right. You know, like, that's true. I mean, at this point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. But he, he got his hits, and I, he has a. So I looked it up. He has a four fifty four wOBA against lefties, two ten against righties. So it's it's weird that the, he's the one player who they're like forcing to play every day when he probably shouldn't be. Meanwhile, Oscar Mercado sits for no reason someday last week. But it looks like maybe Mercado's going to be playing every day, and he was so good last week. And again, he used his speed several times on the bases. There was one specifically where. It was it was purely because of how fast he was and he was messing with the hit the, the pitcher that he got home basically. And that's he's done that multiple times this season. He's he's getting up there like one of my favorite players already, oh, which sure. seems crazy. I mean it's it's nice to see a young guy emerge like that, you know, and just so and he's, he's such a legit player too. The, his his entire approach is good. He again he hit that home run in the ninth inning on what was that, Saturday? Saturday? No, it was a game against the twins. Never mind, it's like Thursday or Friday or Thursday. It must have been Thursday. Yeah, and then he hit one um, against the Yankees. Was it yes. was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Saturday Sunday, Sunday, yeah, yeah. But he homered against the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish Jake Bowers yeah. was better because he's still my favorite player of the young guys. But <laughs> you you keep clinging to that. He's got a butt. I mean, he homered too, but then he I'll bunted for who knows oh, what reason. God, why does he listen? Grow up, Jake. Don't listen to your manager ever. <laughs> well, so if you want to know, I have to paint a little picture for you. So before Jake Bowers went out, there was a quote from Mandy Bell. Um, that Jake said, quote, you know, I looked at Tito and said, hey, if Roberto Perez gets on, what do you want me to do? Bauer said, he said, well, can you get it down? I said, yes. So the bunt was on. Bottom line, I've got to get it down. Obviously, it's not easy with a lefty throwing 100 miles per hour. On uh, That's what it is. Bottom line is the bunt's got to be on the ground. Uh, <laughs> that sounds very much like I realized it was a stupid idea, but I had to do it and I screwed it up. Which just makes me feel bad for Jake because Jake, yeah. that's not your fault. That was a dumb call. But no, it was a bad. It, that was a bad call by the manager. I mean, and and we can do that. We could do that all season. We can find bad calls to complain about. But that one was just glaring because again, guy who hits home run, guy who was brought in to be young and also can hit, not allowed to do one of those two things. He can be young as, as long as he wants until age gets him. But god damn, what the kid hit! And despite what some people say about, especially what I do on Twitter with Let's Go Tribe and some of our articles, I don't want to dwell too much on negative stuff. But but Leonis Martin is also not looking good. He was one for 13. He homered, sure, but he also had six strikeouts and no walks. Um, at this point, I don't know why Oscar Mercado isn't the everyday center fielder. He's usually a corner outfielder spot. But Martin is just not. He's not. <laughs> he has a great story. He's, I'm sure he's a great guy, but he just is not anything now. He's not helping the team at all. He's... There's got to be somebody better. I guess maybe they're waiting for Bradley Zimmer to be healthy or to see if Tyler Naquin can do anything before they finally get rid of Martin. But it seems like he's not going to be here for much longer unless he's gotten worse dramatic. every single month. Yeah, he's, he's not. <laughs> he, remember, he was one of the good hitters at the beginning of the year. I know. I know. Um, can they trade him for something? Is he worth anything at this no, point? No, they can't. Are you kidding? <laughs> they, they got him for Willie Castro, who's actually looking really good for was it Detroit now? And that was when Martin was having a pretty decent season. They're not going to get anything for him now. They should trade him for Willie Castro. Just say, hey, <laughs> that's a pretty even trade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, take Maxies. They're both players. So there you go. <laughs> they do both play the game of baseball. Yeah. There you go. And I mean, Martinez has major league at bats and Willie Castro doesn't. So, I mean, that's, you, you know, got to get him back. When you can, when you can compete at the highest level and lead the league in, in 2019 in a certain category, 
We'd all what category is that, Merritt? Well, sure, it's caught stealing. <laughs> but you know what? He has an italicized bold number on his baseball reference page. So that's more than Willie Casper can say. Wait, does he really lead the league in st- caught stealing? Yeah, he has five. Oh, Jesus, Martin, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't even remember trying to steal. Well, he's I done it successfully three times, so he's three for eight. Which, if he were hitting, would be a pretty good couple of games. <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. Which Shut up. kind of a problem. <laughs> so I guess uh, at this point, like, Santana and Lindor are both really good, but we expect that now because they're both back to being what they should be. So, so any other things that... that Stuck out to you this week in the games before I move on to yelling at oh, people about Jose Ramirez? I don't really have a firm thing to say about this, but um, on Sunday it was just um, Adam Simber. I was just like, ah, 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 was the entirety of my my thoughts on him. I like him a lot, and it's just... I don't know why he came out for that second inning. That was my issue. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there was, I, I had several issues, but one of them, I don't know. I just He seems like the perfect hitter to not have faced the Yankees. I don't know. He he, and the worst part is he was successful, and I think that's what's so frustrating about watching, especially that tenth inning, was like he got a ground ball that just happened to squeak through, and then he had to walk someone to get the bases loaded, and then he got a and then he got an out, and then that was it. So he did his, and then the run scored that ended up being the game winner. So it's like it's, it looks shitty, but he did everything he was supposed to. And when you have a guy who only throws what eighty six or whatever. You, you just you, you you it's hard to figure out how to feel about it i guess so that's why i'm saying it i just kind of felt ah, 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 about that but that's my entire take on <laughs> that is an accurate feeling because you really like adam simmer too right oh big fan oh no really i think he's neat pitcher. he's fun he's cool um i think he'll be he's gonna be with the indians for a long goddamn time that's for damn sure uh and I think he's going to be successful in the long term because he's such a weird change of pace kind of a guy. I don't know if he'll be anything more than what he is now if he doesn't learn how to throw a uh, changeup, but whatever. If this is all he is, he's going to be inexpensive in the next six years or whatever it is, and then the Indians will move on like they did with so many relievers before him. So I just, you know, watching him just not be successful there was, and again, to be clear, he was, he got a couple guys out uh, the, the day before. Uh, he got a couple guys out uh, against the Twins, so it's not like he was he, he's been unsuccessful in the month of June, but it's just watching that happen was irritating because it was all bad luck and sequencing and stuff. So, you know, that's all. I enjoyed the week of baseball though; it was a great week. Had a lot of fun. Um, and before we move on, I do want to I, did, I just sort of skimmed over it, but I mean Carlos Carrasco, who is like the best as far as like loving Cleveland and number being one guy for the Indians, definitely number one guy on the team. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and a lot of things, but he, it's just, they said blood condition. They didn't say what it was yet, which is by all means his right not to tell us, but they just said it was making him anemically or not anemic, but um, lethargic recently. Um, and so he's, he's seen an oncologist, which if, if anybody knows hearing that, they think their first thing thought always goes to cancer, but that can be like any kind of blood transfusion or like, it could be just anemia or something minor, or it could be something major. So that, that tells us almost nothing. People who are freaking out about that, but just right now, I think the only thing is just to wish that he gets better and, um. Yeah, just just get better, Carlos, because I want him back. Not just for for baseball reasons, just because he's such a great guy and on and off the field. He's got nice dimples. He does, and he's a little beard at the end, little mustache. It's mm-hmm. his awful Everything beard. Yeah, he really embraced that. <laughs> I wish he, I wish he grow it longer, like you know, like like four feet long. Just get it all the way down. 
a billow in the wind, silly, like some sort of ancient kung fu guy. Yeah. So we need to talk about um, yelling at some people here because Jose Ramirez is not good. I don't. We don't need to get into how we've talked about that a lot already. I guess we could talk about why he's he's been how bad. bad he is. Do you mean or how he's bad? How he's bad. We know how bad (laughs) (laughs) how he's bad. I think is still a mystery. It's it's there's some there's some clues. He's just not hitting anything. He can't make contact. And then I've seen recently, like, every single time somebody says something about Jose, it's, oh, he's not using steroids anymore. And it all stems from this one stupid-ass blog post. I think it was last year. Some, um, was it from the Dominican or something? But they always had, they said that Jose Ramirez tested positive, and then immediately after, Jose tweeted about it and said it wasn't true, and Terry Francona said it wasn't true. I mean, that alone should have clued people in that it wasn't true. Because if, if it was true, the Indians and the and Jose Ramirez would have known well before we did so there would be no reason to lie about it and jump out in front like that but apparently that's not enough for people and they just claim that he sucks now because he used to be on steroids and he's not now and so i looked in the numbers just to check and it's, it's clearly not like his, his hard hit rate first of all has never been that great he's not a hard hitter it didn't exactly it spiked a little bit last year but so did everybody it's <laughs> higher then, this year too so right yeah he's hitting just as high now and it, it's never even correlates like the harder he hits he's not exactly better and the spike in his hard hit rate last year came well after this report, quote unquote report came out. Um, and his exit velocity average is almost exactly the same every single year. So there's really nothing to point to either steroids being the issue or even how hard he's hitting the ball being the issue, which is kind of the strange thing. It's just the fact that he can't make contact. Like you, you look at the charts that I, I did in the post that when his contact rate goes down, his the rest of the numbers just drop right with him. The hard hit rate goes wherever it wants, and there's no correlation to his Woba. But as soon as he can't make contact because remember that's what always what he was before he was the power he was a Michael Brantley kind of player and then he found out that when he makes contact he can hit it well enough to hit it hard and he could hit everything and occasionally let it out but now he's just not hitting anything and it's it's first of all unfortunately he's not good because Jose like Carlos Carrasco is such a good fun player and now we we don't get to see that side of Jose at all he's just always so frustrated and angry it just it's it annoys me that he's such a player that came out of nowhere and worked so hard to get where he is now and then everybody's saying he was just all steroids and now he's off steroids and i don't know it annoys me on almost like a personal level because i like jose so much and seeing all these stupid rumors that aren't even aren't even rumors it was just one blog post that got blown out of control and then it's just what people cling to now it's unfair to jose in general and it's stupid and you're all stupid for thinking it was steroids nice. <laughs> it's basically I, what i'm getting at on um i can't remember what game it was but carlos Baerga was in the uh, booth talking to our, our boys uh, Rick and uh, Matt, our boys, our, our good good boys, and <laughs> our boys um, in the booth. Yeah, they're boys in the booth. And I don't know. Rick said something. He says somewhat insightful things every time to time. I appreciate him as a broadcaster more than most do. Probably, I like him. But he did point I would out say more how, than most. Yeah, I mean, he just Jose is pulling the. He's not pulling the ball more than he usually does. <clears throat> But he is pulling the ball in the air. He's hitting the ball in the air more than he ever has, higher than he ever has. And um, I almost wonder if his bat isn't heavy enough. <laughs> that, that's my that's my working random theory, is that he literally needs to slow down his swing, which sounds insane, but he's just getting busted inside so much, and he's just turning on it so hard because he got so used to pulling the ball last year. But it just seems... Like he just like he he's hitting the ball so goddamn hard, but he's yanking it foul constantly, and I can't figure out a way to. That's a I mean it's a timing thing. I don't know. I know I wrote about that back in like May or whatever, 
this is, I mean, th- th- this is just again a working theory. Like maybe he yeah, just needs to, thing, yeah. to, to slow down his bat or whatever. And no, I don't think he's on steroids or whatever. He looks the exact same as he always has. And well, I did find a Scientific American article from like a decade ago that said that steroids can in fact help with hand-eye coordination or something. Again, he's the exact same player he's always been. So, and if that were also true, then we'd see a lot more great players more consistently. And also, they wouldn't turn into goddamn Hulk people when they did when they did <laughs> Hulk maniacs. Yeah, yeah. We're Matt. We're all Hulk maniacs. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's, that, that, let's... that's a different conversation which we will have later. Please. Yeah. Well, wasn't Rick's thing about him crying the plate? Did you say that? I don't think. Yes. You did. Like maybe he. I, I looked yeah. into it a little bit, and like I just a cursory glance of like last year to this year it didn't seem like he was that like he was any closer. But again, it was cursory, and you know. Every single sport is a game of inches, but in this specific game of inches, it's like maybe <laughs> the inches are more important. Maybe it is. Maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe they are busting, just busting inside more, and he's still trying to just yank it, and it's too far inside, and he's just still getting to it. But because he's always been such a good contact hitter, maybe it's working against him in in, in some bizarre way. Um, well, don't worry, Barrett. The, the Indians have Ty Van Berkeley on. If a change needs to be made, he'll be the one to make it because he's really big into changing things. And you know, the man is like a chameleon. They call him Chameleon <laughs> Van Berkeley. Ty Van Chameleon. Ty Chameleon. I think Chameleon Van, Van Berkeley is better yeah. than Ty Van Chameleon. So either way, it's true. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I know his expected numbers aren't quite as golden as they were last year. Um, but he still has an expected Woba of what three eighteen expected. What the fuck is expected WobaCon? Come on, baseball <laughs> savant, it's cool. It's expected right. Woba based on when they make contact, so it oh, kind okay. of slims it down even more. Oh, good. Which I guess sort of makes sense. Oh, whatever. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is, it's all a long way of saying it. I just, I just think it's something weird. And some times players will have just a a trash season for some weird reason. Um, they're just off. Their body is doing something weird that w- where they were right on the razor's edge last year, and they're not on it this year. Uh, no, no one's coming to mind right now. But I know I've seen in the past where people just kind of have a shitty season and they come back fine the next year. So I don't know. Maybe he is injured. Who knows? Maybe any number of things. Again, just bad luck. And I mean, we we're seeing the Twins go absolutely gangbusters, and you wrote about it today. I just don't think that Mitch Garver is going to post a 187 WRC plus rest of the year, or Jorge Polanco is probably going to regress from 152, Castro from 145. These are just a half a season, I don't think, tells the same story as three seasons. And I think that's the thing we always have to remind ourselves with Jose Ramirez. Even though he's been a different hitter each of the last three seasons, he's still been a great hitter each of the last three seasons prior to this one. So I think that gives us a better idea of who he actually is rather than just a tr- trash couple of months. I mean, it's 271 plate appearances, which is a good number. But that, again, we're, we're backing that against 18. Several years of data. Yeah, you know, it's a 2,000 plate appearances. So wh- whatever you want to believe, believe it. But if you're believing one of the two, one of the things that is up in the air, then you're stupid. So that is my that's my, that's my feeling on it. Now, now, a theory that's come up in Let's Go Tribe comments by um, CYE is his name. He said that around August 6th of last year, 
Um, Shane Bieber beat Jose in Mario Kart. I don't oh, no. That. I didn't even think about that. And that's <laughs> since then the tailspin began. Oh, so what we need no. to do, he needs to train in Mario Kart first. Oh, whoa. <laughs> that just shattered Jose. It's a mental break. It's Shane Bieber's fault. Oh, no. Shane, you son of a gun. <laughs> Whoa. It's, confidence is so important in baseball it, and remember jose playing mario kart that's where the swagger came from he was yes. that was his game all right august 6th <laughs> it was around that was someone that was posted i believe is when the indians posted about them playing so it could have been before 5th, a little bit but jose ramirez went uh one for two with two walks and a home run typical that's from a very on, mario kart winning game from then on, he batted 198, 336, 366. Ooh. Shane Bieber, you son of a bitch. I didn't even think of that. That's mind-blowing, and I love it. And I think that's what's happened. Yeah, that feels like another post to, to do from that, because he was so into that. It, that was fun, too. Remember when the season was so boring last year and we had Mario Kart to cling to? Mm-hmm. I believe at one point the title of our Slack was Mario Kart and Sadness, because that's all we had was Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> why were we so sad last year? That was a weird one. It was just oh, so wait. boring. They were still a bad team, but everybody else was bad, too. And then we got fucking Monkey's Pod. God damn yeah, it. we did. We're all idiots. <laughs> Dude, I didn't so, even think about that. This is crazy. Wow. <laughs> it's it's a theory. I mean, if it's you take down Jose, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, the previous month prior to that, he hit 327, 441, 712. And he was undefeated in Mario Kart, man. Oh, my God. What if it was Mario Kart? <laughs> what a stupid thing. And it, it it could be. Who knows? Why could it be? Because. Shut up. That's why. I mean, like you said, confidence is a thing. If that spirals, it's hard to get back right away. He's just been thinking too much about Mario Kart. I mean. We, <laughs> Every time we, he's up we, to bat, he just hears the blue shell coming and he can't focus. What, oh, my God. Wait, what if that's how he lost? To Shane Bieber was on a blue <laughs> shell in the final stretch, and he just hears that in the back of his nose, back of his head. And then what if Shane Bieber's a really bad winner? Because they're all athletes, so they're really competitive. What if it's like right in his face and laughs at him, and then his teammates all point and laugh, and then oh he has a God. nightmare about it in his underwear? What if this is what will cause eventually cause a division in the clubhouse that will end up with, Peter Frank, with Terry Francona <laughs> fired? Oh, my Mario God. Kart. It's like Chernobyl ending the Soviet Russian. What do you call that? The USSR. None of that happened. What, what ended? <laughs> Let's not get into that. Wait, no, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the HBO special, Mayor. I know things. The end HBO of the Soviet Union came because of Glasnost and the introduction of liberal policies to a centrally planned economy. Also, the Afghan war. I would say that Chernobyl was a tertiary at best function of ending the Soviet Union. So the All Star game is in Cleveland this year. And. Uh... <laughs> Francisco Lindor is not in the top five. Speaking of nuclear disasters, Francisco Lindor is not top five for shortstop. Um, Santana is fourth and first baseman. Uh, It's not looking good for Cleveland representation (laughs) in the all-star game. I mean, Lindor might jump up the charts there. Santana maybe, but um, Roberto Perez is not the star power. But people are brain dead. (laughs) Um, Wait, so who's, who's leading it for the, oh, God damn it. For a shortstop? I forgot that the Yankees have a, have a shortstop now. <laughs> so it's it's not even him, though. He's not in the lead. It's Jorge Polanco, Carlos Correa, Glaber Torres, Tim Anderson, Xander Bogarts. That's a god-awful list. What are you doing, people? Well, I love Tim Anderson. I'm not even going to lie. Xander Bogarts makes sense because, again, Red Sox. 
But no, Jorge Polanco, come on now. The I Twins are just going nuts I'll, with their voting. I'll say this. I appreciate that he's number number one, considering he plays for the Twins, and up until now was merely a pretty good player. So that's impressive. Um, Traitor. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but so what about Roberto Perez? He's like 10th in catcher. Are we okay with that, or do we want him to be no, able to He's, he's going to be top five, hearts. right? He's <laughs> the problem is catchers are so good this year. Gary Sanchez is out insane. Um, Jason McCann has been doing really well. Mm-hmm. Who's the other Twins one? There's Jason Castro. You mentioned him a couple minutes ago. Oh, yeah, because you um, mentioned him. Mitch Garver. Right. There you go. Mitch Garver. He's insane. Like, it's going to be really hard for Roberto to get the All-Star. But he Mike really Zunino, deserves it. Martin Mal- Mal- Martin Mal- no one knows who Roberto Perez is is the issue. That's the right, real that's issue. That's the problem, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's probably doomed. And that's fine. I think the only places where I'm really bugged by this are the fact that Carlos Santana is fourth, uh, especially behind C.J. Korn. Um, and again, then, it's just those twins voters, man. I don't know what has gotten into Minnesota, it's, but it's cold up there. They have nothing else to do. <laughs> no, is it okay. still Michael, cold up there? Michael Brantley's in fourth. Oh no, I forgot. No, it happened again. <laughs> now uh, we were talking before the podcast that there is is a decent chance. So the worst case scenario is that the Indians, if if there's some reason they trade Brad Hand, which is a rumor floating around, if if they happen to do it, Brad Hand will be there from another team in Cleveland. There's a chance that Gio Urshela could be the starting third baseman and Michael Brantley could be a starting outfielder. And then Nick Whitgren could represent the Indians and that's it. That is <laughs> that is the worst possible scenario that the Indians could get. Yeah, but it's also a possibility, which is terrifying. Good it Lord. is to have your own city and your old players come back that you, that one, you didn't re-sign because you didn't think you needed them. And two, the guy you got rid of, which I guess Gio Urshela is fair. He, he got plenty of time he didn't show, but. But still, then he comes back and you have no representation besides Nick Whitgren. That would be an ultimate embarrassment. That would be the greatest embarrassment in the history of Cleveland. I don't have a lot of Ichiro sense would of probably history. disagree because I'm sure he can think of a couple. I, I, I don't have a great a uh, sense of the history of Cleveland, I'll be honest with you. So maybe it's not. I don't know. But as I mean, a as river burned say, there. I don't know if. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. It's a normal that's thing good. that happens to anyone. Yeah. Anyway, Gio Rochelle is going to fall off soon. He's hitting. Got a 708 OPS the last uh, 28 days. So yeah, I, that, that's I, not real. It's not gonna last. I think he soared to the sun and then got burned by said sun, and now he's crashed. He's crashing and burning. Much like our friends. I think Lindor has a little chance. Yes, definitely. And then Santana does eventually. Yes, I think um, Santana sneaks in, and I think Lindor sneaks in because he's the biggest star in all of Major League Baseball because he's cool. And even if it is just Brad Hand, I mean, that's a good rep. He's a super good closer. And it'll be nice oh, to see him excellent. get some recognition. So it's so cool. That's not he's a terrible thing. But it's, yeah. yeah, if it wasn't in Cleveland, it'd be less embarrassing. But to have only Brad Hand is a little off putting. Now, now, the rede- redeeming quality for the Indians for the All Star game is going to be so Francisco Lindor didn't want to be in the home run derby. He said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was basically that Carlos Santana is 100% all in for going to the, the home run derby if he's asked. So he better be asked because I want to see that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, he has bombs for days when he makes strong contact. I just don't want to watch him stand there and work three two counts because he has to realize that he, <laughs> that's not how the home run derby works, Carlos. Damn. They need to have the scoreboard just always say three two. Three, two. Just Ooh, so I gotta lock in now. Ooh. <laughs> it's I do love that the love fest for Cleveland. I see barely anybody calling him not clutch anymore, which is so good. That was the thing for years. Now that he's gone and people realize how good he was and he's back, like everybody in Cleveland loves Carlos Santana, and I love it. 
Yeah, I don't understand why Andrew ever called him not clutch because he was always awesome and also came up in big moments and beat the hell out of the roller. No, no, he was. Game. That was always his thing because he only walked. He didn't hit dingers every time oh, there was somebody right. on base. That's Everybody right. Hated the him. stupid thing. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> That's right. The dumb people. Yeah, uh, right. they were uh, out no, there. No, I, I said the stupid thing, not the stupid people. Nobody is. No, dumb. I said only, dumb people. Was was that not clear that dumb. I <laughs> was was it not clear that I said dumb people? The dumb people. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Matt Lyons called you dumb, <laughs> listeners, not me. Listen, if you were out there saying Carlos Santana sucks because he's not clutch enough when he was also like the only good power hitter on the Indians, go away. It's I don't even care. It's not good. You probably also thought Jose Ramirez was on steroids. Me? No, not not you. Those oh, people. The, the those people, listener? Right. <laughs> this one listener was like really pissed off at me right hey, now. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, wait just one minute in <laughs> He keeps getting very specific, and this is about me, isn't it? It this is. is you, it's about you. Jake. <laughs> Fucking Jake. I'm tired of your shit. <laughs> so any other all-star thoughts before we move on to a book that I read a couple pages of and you haven't read it all? Well, the all-star game is the greatest thing to happen all summer because I'm a boring human being with no life. Um, but in all reality, it is very neat. And I wish I lived in Cleveland because I lived in D.C. last year when it happened and continue to live there. And there's lots of neat things going on. So that's exciting. I hope I hope the fans embrace it. And I hope enough people play for the Indians on it. And I hope that the National League wins because who fucking cares, honestly? <laughs> I just want more skills competitions. The Home Run Derby is fun. I want more. I hate like skills competitions. I think they're stupid. I think the Home Run oh, Derby is good and nothing else is good. I don't want a fielding competition. That's dumb. I think that's the. I think of all the, the 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 crackpot ideas that have come along to fix the Midsummer Classic, the idea of skills competitions is the most harebrained. I hate it. I think, I think it extends from the NFL one was fun when they used to do a bunch of them for quarterbacks. Yes, that's fine, but like, I don't want to just watch out of context diving stops in the hole by shortstops. <laughs> I want that to be in the midst of a game. I, I know it's a pointless, meaningless game, but everything is pointless and meaningless anyway. So it's just let it happen and enjoy the game for being the silly, stupid thing that it is. I don't know. I don't know why people can't just do that. I hate people. I, <laughs> I guess it's and I mean, the MLB All-Star game is also the one where people are closest to playing the actual game because in NBA, nobody right. gives a shit and NFL, no. nobody cares. But you have to play baseball the way you're going to play. baseball. Yeah, like a pitcher can't not. If they don't try hard, they might hurt themselves. And if the pitcher's trying their hardest and everyone else has to try their hardest too. And they have the fun interviews. Like, I learned that crap from Charlie Blackman about the ball not curving right in, in Coors Field and stuff like that. That was really neat. I think it was one of the coolest things I learned about baseball in the last couple of years. They don't be even cooler, Merit, if you player. learned that stuff while he was doing a skills competition. Why would I learn that? Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't learn it because I wouldn't be watching. Also, is the other thing. Wouldn't learn any of it. What skill would he be showing me? Fielding the ball? No. You know what's better than that is the, the gaggle of little kids in the outfield for the uh, home run derby and running over each other trying to catch the top five. <laughs> so just stick an outfielder out there as part of the skills competition just to dominate the kids. I hope it's like really humid <laughs> and awful during the, the home run derby so it's, it's like someone wins like four home runs. <laughs> I wonder if going to be midges everywhere. Ooh. I guess it's probably too late for that in the season, but early no maybe not. i want, Middle of July, I want yeah, midges maybe. yeah we got come on dude we got climate change in our favor here come on midges 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 <laughs> so last week it's been a little bit now but um it was i think it was right after our last podcast the mvp machine came out um it was a book by ben Lindbergh and travis sachik um our own chris davies he interviewed travis he got an advanced copy for a review 
he did a lot of really good stuff on the book and and like a loser, I thought Barnes and Noble would have it, so I didn't get it the day of. They didn't have it, so I'd order from Amazon and wait for two days. But I finally got it and started it. Um, I'm a relatively slow reader. Not that I read slow, but it's I have three kids, and it's just whenever I get time to read, I do it. <laughs> so it takes me a while to get through a book, but I'm I'm a little good chunk of the way through it. And it's kind of a lot of interesting stuff. It's about um, the first words of the prologue are Trevor Bauer, which seems weirdly. Um, I was going to say inept. What's that word I'm thinking? Apt. There we go. That's it's pretty accurate to have the book start with Trevor Bauer because a lot of it is about him and and Driveline of how they've all the it's it's basically like instead of Moneyball where it was about acquiring players, this is about how you can build them essentially. Mm. Which is first of all, it's it's like Moneyball. It's a thing like why why was this so hard? This seems so obvious. But it's another thing where as they're revealing more things, like oh yeah, I never thought of that. But it's the obvious answer. It seems like has always been to develop your players instead of just trying to get these finished guys but now that you see it it looks so obvious but it's clear that before it wasn't it's it's really interesting it even goes back as far as like the um when farm systems were first developed it was uh branch ricky started it he Mm -hmm. he had upwards of like 20 teams (laughs) under the dodgers i think it was the cardinals at that point where he had his own farm system and eventually he did weird things with managers where like he would only have he would have managers rotate rotate throughout the season so they wouldn't get stuck in their own mindset and the basically he could run the analytics had run how things were going and it was a lot of interesting stuff like that. And I don't know, part of, part of me loves this, how it's going now instead of, cause we've gotten to the point where pretty much everybody can see they could acquire these kind of players and see these things. But now there's like, we don't know all these development things teams can do. And we see play, teams like the Rays and the Astros. They're, they're now going after these quote unquote fixable players instead of just the finished products. There's no more rubes really in trades as far as finished players. Like you can't just, sweep anybody away anymore i guess unless you count yandy diaz but the the rays fixed something about him and now he's a great hitter um but but also on the other side of it it's it kind of worries me that if they we get too good at this and it gets to the point where you can just make a player out of anything yes that takes away yes you're, part you're of there. the excitement about the game yes thank you yes it gross, it part <laughs> that, of, that's always been in the back of my head reading the book is is that it mega grosses me out at times when I think about this because it's just obviously you know the term machine. I mean, it's totally cool and it's amazing and it's cool that they're able to do this to players. You know what I mean? Um, you mentioned obviously the um, the Rays turning guys like Diaz into good hitters. The fact that Avisail Garcia, I think, I think that more than anything else in all of the world, is the most amazing feat that I've ever seen in baseball. Him turning into a legitimate hitter now. I only wish they could have gotten Diane Viciedo back when he was young and turned him into a legitimate player because that kid, that kid had talent, but he was just terrible. So, uh, a long way of saying, no, you're you're 100 right. It's it's totally cool they're able to pull this off. It's just weird. Cause, yeah, because at least trading, like finding these players and using stats to find them and trade for them, still felt like a baseball front office thing. Right now, there's this just feels something beyond that, and I you know, and it's the right. game, obviously, but it's. Um, it feels kind of icky. <laughs> I don't know, it's just like it, it, it's it's turning, you know. I mean, and it's 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 the people who are running front offices are not, you know, they aren't traditional baseball people anymore. That's the whole point of the book, too. It's outsiders and guys from other industries who, with different points of view and ways of looking at the game, and you know, trying to maximize investments and things of that nature. It's just such a weird. I don't want to say hyper capitalization, but it kind of is of the game. It's just turning, it kind of is. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's 
the, the guy, the, the players have always been products in a way, but this is just kind of turning them into even more of a or a commodity, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't know. So even more of a commodity sort of a thing. You know, like I was talking about. Um, yeah, the, the whole point of Moneyball was finding the the margins of, or you know, the, the shit around the margins and whatnot. I'm very eloquent, I know. But this is, <laughs> but no, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, this is like but, making but, the margins or getting rid of them. Yeah, basically. I mean, and it's beyond that too. You know, it's all the stuff the Astros are doing with player development too. I mean, it's just. Um, I will say that one um, one of the most interesting things that an exchange I read on Twitter a while back. Was just to point out. Um, I think it was Kyle Body who pointed out that the number of teams that actually give minor league players a binder or a pathway or you know, yes, I saw that. You yeah. know what I mean to get yeah. to the majors. You know, I, I have that shit at my work. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it so much. I hate the personal development plans and stuff like the PDPs and all that stuff. I have to do one of. I have to have a meeting with my boss to, to continue mine. And I hate it because I just want to go to my work job and do my work and go home. But they don't allow that. You always have to have a goal. But the fact that baseball teams never did that, and now that baseball is being you know, increasingly taken over by guys from more corporatized things, the, the idea of the PDP makes a ton of sense because at the very basis of all, you, you're trying to develop these players. So the fact that players, the teams didn't do this and are now doing it, I think that's good and cool because it's allowing young guys – it's actually giving young guys a chance to be more than just this – disparate figure within a larger system um that hopefully gets lucky you know and gets the right coach so that's cool it's just that there's the some obvious, weird aspects to it for sure the obvious end result of this is it's going to drive down free agent salaries and and, and and player salaries overall you know like it's it's that's the obvious end point to any of this which i it's not something I, i'm you know i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna be broken hard over at the same time like that's oh, always been the end point of analytics, though, too, right? Like, finding these right. players on the margins, and even, like, Jonah Carey's extra 2%, all that stuff was about being able to work within lowered payroll, and then it all, like... Right, exactly. But it, the fact it's that a it circle triples, that it builds on itself. Right, and that's totally cool when you're seeing it done by the Rays or the Indians. But then, when the Yankees are doing it, uh, then it's weird. Right, and you then know? Dallas Keuchel goes unsigned for half a season, which you yeah, can exactly. really see. Like, when you're reading this book, you get why it happened. Like, if all oh, teams no, I, I, discovered I, this, it's really clear. It's a hundred percent obvious why. Well, you know, I mean, it's everyone knew why it was happening as it was happening. For the same reason we all know why, like all, all these guys aren't being signed for for this that other thing. They're just being forced retired because people don't want to lose a goddamn draft pick because the draft pick is a raw material. You can tr- now we have these developmental tools that you can use them to turn them into something. And again, that's just weird. I guess it's like they're taking. I don't know. There's, there's a level of humanity. I guess they're moving from the game in a way. Which sounds like old man yells at cloud almost, but at the same time, you know, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I like different players. I don't want every and every single player is going to be the right, same. Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously, yeah. that's that's because they're going to find a, a way to build the right player, which is always a problem. There's always been so many ways, but now there's a way to have the right kind of player. Well, no, and I I I I disagree with that only because it'll be more of a they'll take what the player has. You know, like I was talking before about the PDP thing that they're going to give their minor leaguers. And they would give them how to maximize their talents. Not how they can become, you know, Mike Trout. It's it's how, you because know, obviously Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa are not going to become Mike Trout. They have their own skill sets in a different way. It's how they can become a good, a, a good, valuable major leaguer. But the value there. Well, again, for now, maybe. To, 
Well, I don't know. You're, and you're right. Oh, Down I'm, the road, th- at that point, then right. we're just they're going to find the way it. to make the right player, and then find the right prospects who who can they build into the right, right player and just stick to that, which is my right. My and concern. then, of course, then the uh, the the hidden cloning facilities of the Yan- uh, New York Yankees will be revealed, <laughs> um, and the Clone Wars begin, and then Order yes. sixty six, and then. Darth Vader. We're the Jedi in this situation. <laughs> we are, man. We're the only Jedi. Just me and you. Ah, I don't want to be a Jedi. It's so much work. <laughs> no Can't Jedi. I be a smuggler? <laughs> they, they get cool pants. So I, I thought it was kind of weird at some point that MLB started allowing like teams to... I don't know. I guess it's maybe not that weird, but have these slow motion cameras everywhere and like accurately record everything down to like the centimeter of everything going on the field. I thought it was always that that's taking a lot of the human element out of it, even more than just like, I don't know. Maybe it's not, maybe I just being too old man yells at cloud, but no, <laughs> it seems because... like you're taking so much of the humans out of it and just letting, I guess there's humans developing it and programming it, but it takes the scouts and the baseballiness out of it. Well, the, the whole, um, like those, the, those high speed cameras, they can be used not just to, you know, shape pitches and all that stuff too, but it's, it's things like, knowing when a guy's arm angle a pitcher's arm angle is beginning to drop uh which would lead to obviously you know which will lead to him being worse and so you can know down to the minute when he's down to the pitch when he's being fatigued and you can go and pull him right then and there which again puts more power into the hands of the front office in terms of you have to bring it back to the money thing contract negotiation because like no we know you're only good for 38 pitches because after that you know you're this is your, yeah, they can show him a chart of this is when you get worse. So we're going to pay you for 38 pitches every two games, not whatever. And then that's, you know. Right. That's that, crazy. That's almost dystopian. That sounds like <laughs> shit, you know, like that sounds terrible. So right. that therein lies my issue with the whole idea of the MVP machine. It's happening and there's no way around it, but it doesn't mean we have to like it. And um, obviously not every team is on the level of the, of the Astros who are full bore in this, you know, it's, it's, it's gradients. Like I think I like think that's one of the reasons why the Indians are good at doing pitching and not hitting, but everyone's catching up. You know, like the Astros are a pretty wealthy team, but very soon the if they if not already, the Yankees are just going to money bomb their way to this. And again, this is a way for the the Yankees to, you know, not have a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll because they don't have to because they can just keep on pulling more guys out of their farm system. You know what I mean? And just, and just having these guys just become great because they develop them in this way. That And then all of a sudden, I mean, it levels a playing field in a way, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's all the, like, they, they'll, they'll have no need to pay Aaron judge $400 million because they'll just, they just have make another one. Coming. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and, it, and that's obviously pushing it to the absolute edge. Uh, the most insane level, but that's not, that's not, I'm not saying it's impossible. I, I don't think it's that insane. I think that's what the direction we're going. I said like when, that's, when we were in the off season, the nobody's getting side. Yeah. Oh, Lee, of course for the teams, that's a goal is, is when like no teams were signing Dallas Keiko for the massive contract he wanted. Like I even said then that teams don't, they don't need to spend that money. And I got attacked by like, it, it just found itself onto like the super, um, like pro player side of Twitter, which is cool. Like, I'm glad those people exist, but they're also kind of, mobby and they got all over me for that like of course not teams can't do that they're not that good at prospect it's wow they're just saving money like no that that's what they're doing they're really good at yeah identifying and now making prospects yeah yeah like they don't have to pay these dallas tons of money yeah 
It's well, and then the thing so is, it too, sucks they, for the players getting caught just, in the middle. I think teams also are realizing that the, the the goddamn season is six months long, which it's obviously a long time to realize that they don't need necessarily a, 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 a you know a pitcher of Dallas Keuchel's level or a reliever of uh, Craig Kimbrell's abilities for the entire season, and they can still keep their draft pick. And then they can just not sign him for three months, which sucks. I right. like watching yeah. Dallas Kickle pitch. Is the thing, you know, he's he's good. He's a he's a bit of an outlier in an era of intense high velocity. He's a sinker ball pitcher, which there's like seven of those now. I think I wrote about uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez in that same mold a couple of days ago. So it's just like you said, it's removing the humanity in a way, and it's it's definitely going to make ownership more and more powerful, which sucks. If there's anything to take away, any good that'll come out of this, I think it'll be that the draft pick compensation has to go at that point. If teams, I think even teams can probably admit that they've they've gamed that system enough, they know how it works too well to to leave it in there. Hopefully, they would. There'd be a negotiating point, and then also you're going to have to pay minor leaguers at some point. the The MLB Players Association is going to have to realize that they're going to have to find a way to get players the money as a prospect. There's there's no more like just be rich when you're a free agent. You should be getting paid as a 19, 20 year old yeah, based on how well you're going to be projected. Minimum, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah. Oh, more than that. Like there's no reason that Francisco Lindor should have been making almost nothing until he came up to the majors and then got to arbitration. Right. Like it was well, clear other, he was going to be pretty good. The other, the other positive I think is that this technology is also in the hands of the players. I mean, we went, we talked before about Trevor Bauer. He has built himself into a great pitcher. Um, you know, he's having a rough year, but whatever, he's still very good. Uh, Adam Adovino is another perfect example of this. He is absolutely savage as a pitcher. I mean, something like what happened with uh, Jose Batista back in 2011 or whatever it is, where like someone pointed out some weird little thing. This is things they could notice on their own or absent the team, you know what I mean? And if they're on a team that isn't, it's forward thinking, or if they can't find a job, at least it at least gives the tools for guys to maintain a career. Now, whether they'll be able to get the money they actually deserve, or they'll be able to sign just a, you know, a, 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 a middling contract like Adovino did. Well, what did his contract end up being? I mean, I know it was good and everything, but it was it wasn't as much as what he he should have no, based on what he could right. do. At but... Three years, twenty seven. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good contract, but that's not even ten million dollars a year, which is kind of what you expect out of a top flight reliever these days, you know. So his his ability to do that, I think I think that's a that is nice, one nice kind of positive way to spin it. I guess if you really wanted to, is it's it's an op, it's an opportunity for the other guys. For one of the questions, I want to point out that I'm, I'm not that far into the book. Maybe Travis Sochik addresses this at some point that it's kind of scaring dystopian that it's gonna it's gonna give teams so much power they can do this. And I don't know if if he addresses it at some point in the book or not. But if he does, it's it's fair. I think it's a fair point to bring up. Either way, that, that that can be the end goal of teams because they're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They want to get cheaper players for what yeah, they, they want can. Cheap and players, they want to win. Yeah, build their own. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll get the questions. We asked you guys on Twitter for some questions. We don't have a whole lot of time this week, so we'll just think we'll just do one. Um. But we have at tribe nine zero seven five three six seven one. Yeah, you can pick the next one if you want. We can do two. I, I, I don't know what the questions are. are. You kidding me? I don't pay attention to this. No. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I thought you had one. No. no. <laughs> Uh, did Sunday's home runs by Martin and Bowers ensure we have to watch them both a little longer? When will they finally pull the trigger on those two? Um, I think yes, and I think for Bowers, it's it's good news. For Martin, it's not quite good news. I think every time Martin hits a home run, it extends him a little bit longer, longer than he should be. 
which is kind of unfortunate. But <laughs> so I'm sorry, Martin's a great guy, etc. But um, I think every time he hits home run, that that cements him longer. As unfair as it is, I think Bowers they're they're clearly going to give him a really long leash to prove that he can work whatever the hell it is out. But he does have options, and they need to send him down. And Martin, at some point, I think is going to be DFA'd. Uh, I agree. Like. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, the thing is, I think if one's going to get sent away, I'd prefer it be uh, Martin because. Oh, I, absolutely. You know, again, I mean, it's we're, we're betting on the future here, so you might as well let Jake Bowers figure it out. I, I still think he'll be good. I'm not going to change anything, any opinions I had from a month ago because that's stupid. So, um, what is your line where you change it, where you just give up? Is is it going to be a total oh couple god? Of years, I don't even or? know, man. It's not going to be anytime soon. Like it's not going to be in like the like, the All Star break. Yeah, maybe. Like, what do you mean? I guess is the question. I mean, should maybe if he's hitting like shit at, at the All Star break, send him down? Yeah, you know, give him some time to take a step back and think about baseball a little bit. But I mean, he's going to be on the on the team for a long time. Uh, I know. I you know. I saw some comments and stuff somewhere, probably on Let's Go Drive, saying. Maybe maybe you said it earlier tonight. Um, I'm not sure anymore. But you know, <laughs> send him. It all blends you know, Send him down. Have a different voice in his ear, just saying, "Hey, maybe do this instead. Maybe it'll help." You know, I mean, it's just he needs a change of pace. I mean, maybe, it worked for Luplo, but, so right. Exactly. Remember Luplo so before maybe, he went down the AAA, so yeah, and maybe maybe it'll help Bowers take a step back. I mean, may, maybe you know, make him realize it's not all assured. He just you know, it is still a performance game. And as, as even though he's been given more plate appearances than all but what four guys, and one of the guys is Landis Martin, the other one's Jose Ramirez. Obviously, he can look at that and go, "Why aren't they being sent down?" And the other, the answer, of course, is one of them makes way more than you, and the other one's Jose Ramirez. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a line. I guess is the answer. Um, Martin should be DFA'd. Yes. So thank you, Trevor, for the question. Good guy, et cetera, DFA. <laughs> so we'll do one quick one here. We'll just put our, our mark in there, a line in the sand for our official, what we're going to stake it. From J- at James E. Powell 27, tribe at the deadline, buyers or sellers? Buyers. Me too. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't know if they're going to be quite even buyers. They're just not going to be sellers. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to. It might yeah, be. Not, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how willing they're going to be mortgage, to mortgaging any prospects for like bringing in somebody huge, but I think they're going to do something to bring in somebody to help, whether it's the outfield or... I mean, again, it's the same problem as last year. It's hard to find a place where they can get a dramatic upgrade, which well, seems weird considering how too, terrible they've been. But they, They're a game and a half behind Texas. I think they're better than Texas is, probably. And Boston still has to play two great teams. The Indians have to play one. So, And they handled them pretty well last time around. If they can manage against the Twins... The, the, I'm not saying they win. They win the division, but they can still make the playoffs. Like they can I think still win the division. That's not impossible. It's 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 yeah, one it's, really big winning streak and one losing streak from the Twins. That's all it ever is. That's all yeah, moving parts. But I mean, I, I agree with you. It's just that's that's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> it is, yeah. But that's a, I don't. This moving parts can work in our favor sometimes. It's not always. No, I mean, I agree. It's just ten games. It's a long time, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's so many goddamn games. That's, that's so, so many games. games. I mean, remember, remember last year we felt really it, good with the Indians were ten games up. Like, you know, it is, uh, yeah. It's especially depressing that before these two series, they were down ten and a half games. Yeah. And afterwards, they're down ten and a half games. And that's what that's I'm talking about. They were great, and then nothing <laughs> happened. So oh, you God. know, trying to be optimistic, Merritt. People are saying we're too down on the team. I'm. I just said they could make the playoffs. <laughs> what more do people want from me? 
A World Series guarantee right now, Merritt. On June 10th, 2019. I guarantee that they'll move before the end of the year. That's what I'll guarantee. (laughs) They're going to move (laughs) mid-season to, I don't know, Omaha. No, they're going to move to Helena. Montreal. Montana. There you go. (laughs) That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you are, subscribe on Spotify, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts now. Um, Leave us a review. It all helps. Stars, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you next week. See you then, Matt.